Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. So I'm really excited to have my guest, Andrea, here today to talk about the pros and cons of starting a Facebook group for your nutrition business. I know that a lot of you are wanting to use Facebook for your business. Uh, There's maybe some confusion around Facebook pages versus Facebook groups. Uh, So Andrea is here to talk all about the difference and if you should be starting a group or not. So let me tell you a little bit about her. So Andrea Jones has built an online business committed to empowering businesses to utilize the power of social media in a positive and impactful way without being overwhelmed and drained by it. With over seven years experience in the game, Andrea hosts the acclaimed podcast, Savvy Social Podcast. She leads a team providing done-for-you service inside of her marketing agency that was named a top digital marketing agency in 2021 and serves over 200 students in her membership, Savvy Social School. You can find her online at onlinedrea.com or onlinedrea on Instagram. So welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes. uh, Talking about Facebook is something I'm excited to delegate over to you because it's been a while since I've had my own Facebook group and um, I'm really excited to just have the expert talk about it. So uh, why don't we just get started with you telling us a little bit about how you got into social media and your digital marketing agency? Yes. So I am one of those wacky people who actually like social media. (laughs) Um, I know that uh, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people, but I found comfort in it, um, you know, growing up and being kind of a little bit of an uh, ugly duckling, odd girl out kind of, kind of person. I found my people online. Um, and so I started YouTubing in 2007 and I met my husband on YouTube in 2013. Um, and uh, up until that point, I was just doing it for fun uh, while I worked at as a spa manager um, in the hospitality industry. And then when I moved to be with my husband, he lived in Canada. I lived in Georgia in the US. I that's when I launched the business side of things. So a little bit unintentionally started freelancing. Absolutely fell in love with it. I can't be employed now again today. <laughs> um, and so grew from a freelancer into an agency and and kind of teaching what I know now as well. I love that. So whereabouts did you move in Canada? I'm curious. I'm now in Niagara Falls. I was in Toronto for a bit, but I'm I'm near Niagara Falls now. Oh, I grew up just outside of Toronto. So that is very oh, neat. Small great. world. I love it. Isn't it? Yeah. How do you like Canada versus the US? Is it very different? There's just random things that are different, like milk is in bags, um, <laughs> you know, little things like that. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's great. I work from home, so the winter isn't as intrusive for me. Um, and I, I love it here. 
That is awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to hear that you're liking it. So let's just dig right in. Let's start talking about Facebook groups. Again, like I mentioned, you are the pro when it comes to anything online slash social media. The fact that you met your husband on YouTube is just amazing and goes to show that social media is a strong tool. So um, where do you want to get started with the conversation? Maybe talking a little bit to begin with about even the difference between like a Facebook page versus a Facebook group, because I think people get confused about the difference there. Yeah, absolutely. And even um, the difference too between a Facebook profile and a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's there's a lot of options here for business owners on Facebook, but kind of the breakdown is your, your Facebook profile is for your personal use. So you connect with your friends and family, you're limited in your connections and you can't really use it for marketing, which is where the Facebook page comes in. The Facebook page was made for businesses. So users can choose to like your page page or follow your page and they will start to see your page content visible in their newsfeed. There's an unlimited amount of people who can like your page and you have the ability to market your business through paid advertising and things like that. Now, where Facebook groups come in is they're almost like little communities. If you think back to the early days of social media or even just the internet in general, forums used to be very popular. If you think of something like Reddit, Reddit Mm -hmm. is a giant forum. So a Facebook group is simply a community similar to a forum. Someone can create and start and moderate that group, but anyone can contribute to the conversation there. Um, So very similar to a forum in that anyone can start their own thread. And so the difference between the page and the group is the page is typically a one-way conversation or really there is a sense of authority in that there's one person sharing their thoughts. People can comment on them, but they can't really um, add their own posts to a page. They have to wait for someone else to post. A group, on the other hand, has that community aspect where people can post to the group. Also with groups, you can be selective about who is in your group. So with a Facebook page, anyone can like the page and follow along and see the content. With the group, depending on kind of the different levels of the group and how you choose to restrict the content, not everyone has to see all of the content in that group and you don't have to accept everyone into the group as well. So the potential to create a kind of more curated experience is there with a group. And then specifically to have other people contribute their content to the conversation. That's really where the power lies with with Facebook groups. Mm, Okay, those are some really, really good points. Now, before we kind of move on to talk more about the groups uh, in detail, I have a question for you, because I'm really curious about this. Now, you mentioned the difference between like your personal profile, your Facebook business page, and then the group, would you recommend kind of tweaking your Facebook profile to begin with to include like your website link or any kind of business information? And, and the reason I ask this is because, you know, when you as just like the regular person are going out and you're in groups and you're talking, you're probably talking as your own personal profile. Isn't that right? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> so would you recommend then that um, that you do kind of optimize your personal profile then? 
Yes, absolutely. So I do recommend a few things for your personal profile. Um, There is a little bit of an about section. I believe it's 150 characters where you can add in a description. Now it'll automatically put something like your most recent job title or something like that, but you can, you can add to that. So mine, for instance, I think I have that I'm the host of the Savvy Social Podcast and I may put something else in there about being obsessed with social media. Um, and so you can add a little bit of a tagline there, but then there's links underneath where you can add your website, you can add your other social media platforms and profiles. Um, and they even have a featured section where you can put featured images where you can add um, some different things. So for me there, I have links to a few of my lead magnets. And then I have um, like a a link to like a mock-up of what the Savvy Social School is like. And so you do have an opportunity to optimize your personal profile so that if someone gets curious and they click over to your profile, there's something there for them to look at. Um, it, It does depend on your own personal um, boundaries. So some of my clients and students don't want people like connecting with them personally. So theirs is completely locked down, which you can do. You can change your privacy settings. Um, But if you feel comfortable, I I would suggest having a few things that showcase your personality. My only warning is for personal profiles, you don't want to use it for marketing. Um, Facebook really doesn't like that. And you can potentially get blocked or um, restricted depending on the types of content you're posting. So you don't want it to turn into, you know, promoting your business very frequently um, because you could be flagged for that. Oh, that's a really good point. I actually didn't think about that. And I know that that might be a reason, you know, why some people might like a not start a Facebook business page because they're just thinking I'll just use my personal page. But really, really good point that that might not be something that makes Facebook too happy. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get away with some stuff. My my best piece of advice is to celebrate yourself. So, you know, you're launching your business, you just got a new certification, you designed a new logo, whatever the case may be. If you're just celebrating like something happening in your life and it's mixed in with personal posts, that's the best way to kind of leverage your personal profile. Mm, super smart. Okay, so then that leads us into the uh, Facebook page for the business. So would you just set that up like a regular, kind of like a mini website in a sense? Yeah, absolutely. So your Facebook page needs to be fully optimized. It's got an about section. It's going to have some links to some different things. So think about it like a website in that if someone were looking at this page, what information do they need to take another step towards working with you? And oftentimes when I'm uh, coaching people on this, um, you know, if you're thinking about your clients, what is the next step? Typically, they don't just hand you money for the thing. They may probably want to sign up for a free consultation call first or something like that. So give them those options as well um, so that they know, okay, if I'm potentially interested in this, these are the steps that I need to take in order to book this person's services or whatever the case may be. Okay, super smart. All right, so I think we've nailed down the profile. We've nailed down the business page. So let's just talk about groups now. So I know that you mentioned there are some pros and cons. Like you kind of said, it can be this curated space to create this community, have interaction. Um, I feel like you're selling it really good on the on the pros. What might be some cons to starting a Facebook group? 
Yeah. So Facebook groups are actually, they can be a little bit challenging to grow. So one of the things I recommend is having a a goal of a hundred members within your first 30 days. And if you can't get a hundred members in 30 days, like if you're not confident with that number, you may want to start with other marketing activities first. Um, things like, you know, maybe building up an email list or something like that, because anything less than a hundred members tends to be a little bit of a ghost town. Um, it tends to not have that much engagement. Um, and so you want to consider kind of who's going to be joining initially and if they will actually be engaged. Um, and then the other con to the Facebook group is, especially in the beginning, it takes quite a bit of time and energy to nurture that free community. So if you create a Facebook group and you want people to engage, typically you're going to have to engage first and start those conversations. So if that isn't something that you have time for, then you may want to reconsider even starting that um, Facebook group. Um, And then lastly, what I would say about the Facebook group is that because it is a free community, you can tend to attract the wrong people sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially in this kind of wellness space where there are a lot of people who want just free, 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 and they will never buy from you. And they will just take everything you have, all of your time. And so sometimes what happens in these groups is you get people who will never book a service with you, but they'll ask you questions that really should be answered in a professional capacity and not necessarily free advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so moderating that can be challenging. And so you kind of have to go in with your your boundaries really clearly outlined um, and laid out so that those people, um, you know how to kind of manage them and, and you don't end up being uh, kind of like your time being sucked up by those people. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think the boundaries in business is huge in general, but then in the Facebook group, um, and I even can see this, you know, personally, I used to run a Facebook group, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and I found, you know, a lot of people asking questions there. And uh, it kind of went beyond what I could help them in a Facebook post, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I would have had to spend a lot of time like curating this really long response. So it ended up not necessarily serving my community because I wasn't really able to give, you know, the type of support they needed individually. Um, and so just for some background, I actually shifted into a membership model. And I now have a community on Facebook that is a membership. So it's a little bit different. And I'm happy to talk about that more if you if you want mm. a little bit as well at the end. Um, but yeah, I did really find the boundaries was tricky and it can be, yeah, it can just be hard with the groups because I think that we enter them wanting information um, and then being the group leader, we want to give so much. So it's that mm-hmm. fine line. Like, do you have any suggestions for where someone can find a balance there? Yes. So I think that you're absolutely right in the challenge with groups is that you are creating a community. So you do want people to contribute to that community, but you don't want it to just be everyone asking you as a group leader for questions and getting free support. So I love that you transition that into the membership model. But really where groups can thrive is if you can celebrate something together. So I'll give you a very specific example of this. One of my clients, um, Dr. Anna Kabeca, wrote a book called Keto Green. At 16, and she talks a lot about um, keto um, diets and things like that. So she 
created a community around her book. Now, if anyone has a question about, you know, what is Keto Green? You're directed to the book. So it's not like you're getting all of the book content for free. But where you can cultivate community is by asking people things like, what did you eat this week? What's your favorite meal um, that you made from learning this new strategy? Um, how are you supporting your health and wellness with this book? Um, does anyone want to read together? And we're going to have a, a conversation around chapter one or something like that. And so that's the difference between, you know, what is this thing and give me, give me a recipe on this versus asking questions and encouraging dialogue around a specific topic. And so when you start thinking about your group, you want to think about it in that community uh, way. How can you facilitate conversation and not necessarily have it be you asking or them asking questions that you're answering as the group leader? Yes. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I think then it becomes that one-way dialogue like you're saying where it's like you're kind of the head and everybody's just asking you versus the, I think the the best thing about Facebook groups is when the members are talking and when they become, mm -hmm. you know, friends or they become this community. And at the end of the day, that's really what our business is. It's not really about us. It's about our community and helping them. So, you know, how can we kind of remove ourselves as this, you know, figurehead and create and cultivate this community inside, which I think starts with exactly what you said, those questions that actually are, I, I don't know what else to call it, but like low hanging fruit, like what did you eat for yes. breakfast today? Um, what kind of exercise do you like to do? Like easy to answer things versus I see some people in Facebook groups just reposting articles and blog posts. And it's more like you're talking at your community than with them. Yes. Oh, that's a really, really good distinction. You're not talking at them, you're talking with them. And I think it is those conversations where people feel comfortable putting their answers publicly in front of a lot of people, right? So, um, you know, asking everyone how much they weigh, you know, some people are not going to feel comfortable with that. Mm. And so they may not answer, even if it's a private community. But asking maybe, what are your weight loss goals? you know, just reframing that question to leave it more open so that people can put the answers that they're comfortable with can really help um, facilitate that conversation. And as your group grows, you can get more people involved. You can bring moderators in who can also start and facilitate conversations as well so that it isn't just you all the time. Um, but yeah, it's all about community and conversation and really encouraging people to respond with those kind of softball questions. Mm, yes, absolutely. Okay. So one question I do have, because I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking this, and they maybe are feeling this nervous pit in their stomach, is, you know, what happens if you, you know, gather the courage to do the Facebook group, you get your 100 members, you go to write a question, you know, for engagement, and nobody answers? What do you do? Do you delete the question? Do you answer first? Do you ask a friend to answer? Like, what do you do in that scenario? Yes. So if it's the first time you're posting and nobody posted, I would suggest trying another question. Don't delete the post necessarily um, because the way that the algorithm works, it could float back up in the feed again. Um, but maybe ask the question in a different way or ask a different question to see if you can get some more engagement. Um, if you've done this a few times and you're not getting engagement, I want to question if you've got the right people in the group 
or if the com- if the topic is too sensitive. So I have a client, for instance, who um, has a subscription box for um, sex toys, basically, and um, the, <laughs> there's not a lot of people conversing in the group, but there are a lot of people in that group and they read all of the content in there. So if it's a sensitive topic like that, some people may not contribute to the conversation. They may not feel comfortable. Um, So think about that. But if you've troubleshot all of those things and you're still not getting responses, absolutely ask a friend to comment first. You can comment first and then give yourself a solid 30 days of trying out the strategy. And if it's not working for you, then Facebook groups may not be a good fit for your community. And that could be a question. You know, I've been posting here. I'm not getting the response I thought. Um, Are you enjoying this Facebook group? Do we need to use a different model? Do we need to use a different space for these conversations? So definitely ask those conversations or those questions as well, uh, because some some communities don't respond to Facebook groups. Some do, and then even within those communities, you know, maybe it's the the type of question or maybe it's the subject matter that's having people feel a little bit shy. Yes, very good points. Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to www.stephanielong.ca slash membership and be sure to use the code podcast in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. Now, if somebody is maybe not ready to commit to the full Facebook group, they're kind of weighing those pros and cons right now. What are your thoughts around those kind of pop-up style Facebook groups where someone's maybe going to do a challenge, like a five-day challenge and they open a Facebook group, or maybe you're about to launch a program and you are kind of trying to hype up your audience and you open a pop-up Facebook group. What are your thoughts there? I actually like pop-up Facebook groups because I think as humans, we like a start and end date. And so I think it actually helps encourage people to engage because there's a little bit of that FOMO. There's a little bit of that, you know, if I don't get on this now, this group is going away, right? And I'm not going to be able to use this resource. So I do find it very helpful. And I personally like engaging in pop-up Facebook groups as well because of that start and end state. Um, From the perspective of creating it yourself, I also think it could be very helpful to test a concept, especially if it's going along with a challenge or if it's something that's a part of your program. And so you can see if you personally like it. Because I actually see the opposite happen more often where it's not so much that people don't engage in the Facebook group. It's that as a Facebook group owner, you get tired of the group and you don't want to put the energy into it anymore. And so now you've got this group and it may be working on paper, but you're not personally fulfilled by it. And so I think having that pop-up group can really help you as a business owner understand if this is something that even you want to do and contribute to because it can be um, a different kind of energy to kind of moderate that group. So I'm a huge fan of pop-up groups. I would say going into it, make sure you do set that start and end state and then make sure that you have a very clear goal for the members in the group. So they join this group and they will get insert 
fill in the blank there. Um, those two things will really help you curate an amazing experience for your members. Yes. And that actually really resonated with me because when I had my group, I had about maybe 500 members. It wasn't huge, but you know, a, a decent number of people in there. And I found the engagement was so low. It was like pulling teeth. And I was, you know, in there doing lives and doing a lot of engagement. And as people started to engage less, I started to pull back And I found it frustrating. And that's when I decided, you know what, this isn't really serving me much anymore. I was creating, you know, a really big community with my podcast, but the Facebook group wasn't measuring up. And just like you said, my energy as an entrepreneur was like, being drained in that sense. And that's when I made that decision to open the paid membership group. And the engagement in my membership group is very high, lots of conversation. It does truly feel like a community. So I think you're totally right. Like as an entrepreneur, figuring out where you thrive and where you maybe need to pull back and being okay with not having to do everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that is such a valid conversation. I mean, honestly, I like to apply it for any social media platform that I teach about because, um, you know, there's only so much we can give. And a lot of us, you know, especially if you're starting out and you don't have a team, you got to be very strategic about your time and where you're spending it and your energy and kind of get the most out of what you have available to you. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Now we've kind of talked about pros and cons of the Facebook group. I think it's, like you said, going to be up to the person, how much energy they have, how much reach they have, if they can commit to, you know, trying it out for 30 days and getting those first hundred members. I think those are really good goals that you've set out for everyone to, you know, kind of try and see if the Facebook group works for them. But I'm curious if people are more taking the strategy of going into other Facebook groups. So maybe let's say you want to help women with their hormones. So you join like a women's hormones Facebook group. What is the etiquette of like being in those groups and sharing about your business and, you know, um, being a resource for people in these other groups? Um, How would that differ from like just having your own group to begin with? Yeah. So a lot of these Facebook groups don't allow direct promotional content. So you oftentimes can't join a group and then immediately post and say, you know, hi, I help women with their hormones. Here's my program. Um, Or here's how you work with me. You you oftentimes cannot do that strategy. Um, So read the group rules first and see kind of what it is. A lot of them have specific days, like a Tuesday or a Sunday where you can promote your offer. Um, In between those days, or even if they don't have that offer um, option, this is where having your personal profile optimized can really come into play because this strategy plays all into human curiosity. So we are not promoting our offer at all in these groups outside of those days. We are giving information and letting people get curious. I kind of like to think about this as like that cool, suave person that you meet and you're like, they seem mysterious. I got to learn more. (laughs) That's the energy we're giving. We're not like the desperate person who's like, please buy my stuff, right? Like that energy is totally different. And people can feel that, right? Mm-hmm. We've all gotten messages from people where we're like, oh my gosh, why is this person selling me something? Ew, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so we want to have that sort of energy. So what you need to do is consistently show up in that group and the frequency can be up to you. I like to do this weekly. So once a week, I'll have a little task in my task manager that says, you know, check ABZ group. Um, And so that's what I'll do. And I'll go in and give tons of value. And the key here is to give. Um, We're not selling, we're giving. So if someone says, you know, I got this hormone test and these are my results. I'm not sure how to read it. Give them some some guidance. Here's something to consider or here's something to think about. Um, and, and remember that you're not just giving advice and guidance to that person. For every person that asks a question, there are a hundred people reading the comments. We all read the comments, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're really speaking to those people who read the comments. There are so many people who don't participate at all. They just look and lurk. And so they read that question too. They may have the same question. They look at your answer and your response. Then they're clicking over to your fully optimized profile and seeing what you're all about. Okay. The key here though is is to give and you don't want it to seem like you're like you're trying to um, sell or anything like that and you definitely don't want to step on any toes. So research the owner of the group as well and make sure that they don't offer something similar to what you offer. Good point. And would you even recommend, um, obviously, if the group has rules about posting, like, okay, on Wednesdays, you can can promote your business, um, then you can feel okay doing that. If there's no rules, would you recommend, you know, writing to the administrator of the group and creating a connection and just asking? Like, would you recommend ask and then do or just do and then, you know, delete if need be? I would definitely recommend asking if, if there are no rules because um, you, do, you don't want to cross any lines or step on any toes. Um, but also, if you start just participating in the group first, you'll get a sense of the vibe of the group. So I, instead of trying to do this to 100 groups, pick five um, and really study those five groups and get a sense of like the cadence and the vibe. And it may surprise you. And honestly, some of the best groups are the ones that aren't directly related to what you do. So for instance, if you are someone who helps women with their hormones and let's say you live like where I live in Niagara Falls, maybe joining a women's networking group in Niagara Falls may be a better fit for you than joining a group directly about hormones because you may be able to show up and share value and still insert what you do. So an example would be if someone says, um, Uh, I'm trying to book a meeting with a client, but I don't know what tool to use. What tool does everyone use? You can answer that question. You can say, well, as a person who helps with hormones, it's important to my business that I have this sort of tool so that my clients can easily book and blah, blah, blah. So you can kind of slide in like different references to what you do. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to the topic of the group. I love that approach so much. I'm all for, you know, being authentic, not, you know, just like you said earlier, people know now. I think we've had enough of those weird sales messages that we know <laughs> that when it's, you know, spammy or salesy. So I think just like you said, that human connection feels so nice and being of service, you're going to feel really good as the person doing that. And the person receiving that information is going to feel like you've validated them and you've cared for them as a person versus like a sale. 
Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's human connection. And if you wouldn't say it to someone random in like a Starbucks, then don't say it on social media. Because I think sometimes that that digital screen makes us feel really bold. And it is coming from a good place. Like if, if you are direct messaging people your offer, typically it's because you're super excited about it. So I don't want you to feel any shame for doing that. Um, but just know that, um, you know, that excitement is probably better redirected in other ways than just jumping straight into, you know, buy this thing. Um, So yeah, that human connection piece is so important. Be that like suave, cool person who's like a little bit mysterious. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, And I guess like you said, in your if you do decide to have your own Facebook group, not just just spamming people all the time with my new offer, here's what I'm doing, like, you know, Again, make it a conversation, make it about them um, and, and serve first before you're selling is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, absolutely. It's all about being of service. And really, it's a reflection of what's happening internally in your business as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's very true. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I think that you've really helped to outline like, you know, the different reasons why someone should start a Facebook group, some Um, considerations for maybe not doing it. Can we just for a quick second talk about what it might look like for someone to do a paid group? Um, I know I mentioned like I have one for my membership. What are your thoughts around the paid group style? Yes, I I have two paid groups. I love them um, because I think that it gives folks an opportunity to connect over the content that you're delivering. So it depends on what you have as your programming. But I have a I have two memberships, and that's where my members like to to hang out, get questions asked, even just get some feedback from the other members. So I love it. Um, just know that depending on your style. Your Facebook group posts are mixed in to everything else happening on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So there is a potential to get to for that for your members to be distracted by something else, especially if they have to do deep work. I just wouldn't put that on Facebook itself. Um, keep it a little bit lighter because they're, you know, seeing their sister's dog and then they're seeing their grandma's plants and then they're seeing your post. (laughs) So keep that in mind, like context and situational. Um, But also what I like about Facebook is that they're already there. So they don't have to download another app. You know, there are other membership and community apps out there, but I've personally found that it is a struggle to get our members to do something else, especially since Facebook is such a habit for a lot of us. So if you can show up where they already are, you're way more likely to get that engagement. Yes. And, you know, I've heard this even from my own clients who have tried another platform that might, you know, work for like a challenge or something. And that person had to sign up to that platform just to be part of the challenge and they just didn't sign up. Right. So you put all this work in to prepare, you know, some kind of challenge or like new program or um, all this content to share. And then, you know, it falls flat because people aren't used to signing into that platform. So I think exactly like you said, there's just that. Uh, I don't know, there's already that sense of uh, familiarity with Facebook that I think, you know, like it or not, Facebook is here to stay. So I think utilizing that platform that people are already used to makes more sense than trying to introduce something new to people because at the end of the day, people just want to do what they're used to a lot of the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have gotten pushback on this where I have a small percentage of people who say I don't, I'm not on Facebook mm-hmm. and I don't like it, but I have had clients who switch to something else like a Mighty Networks or a Circle and um, their, their engagement goes drastically down. So there may be some people who say they don't use the platform, but most people do. And so you can offer other ways of communication. Um, so if you do get that pushback from your members and they're like, I don't use Facebook. Well, you can email us, you can show up for our group calls, here's a form you can fill out. You know, there are other ways to kind of facilitate community as well within your programs. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. Well, thanks for covering that because I think there might be some people that maybe have tried the Facebook group, it's not working, and they want to do the paid version, or some that might just want to jump into trying that to begin with, or at least knowing what else is out there. It's always nice to have options in your business. So thanks again. This was really great. I think you, again, helped to give some really practical advice. I think people can really make that uh, decision for themselves now. And just like you said, just give it a try for 30 days, engage, um, You know, see if it works, and if it doesn't, go back to the drawing board. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do try it, send me a DM. I'd love to know um, how you're going and if you have any follow-up questions. That's that's my way of community. I love just chatting like voice, voice message via either Facebook or Instagram. So let me know how it goes. <laughs> that's awesome. I love the voice notes too. It's definitely my preference in communication. Um, <laughs> before we go, why don't you just share where people can find you again and then um, maybe tell us a little bit about your um, social media rockstar framework that you have. Yeah, absolutely. So I am at Online Drea on Facebook and Instagram, so you can connect with me there. My favorite platform right now is actually Instagram. I'm loving reels. I'm loving stories, so come hang out with me there. Um, And then if you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, specifically if you want to build a holistic social media strategy that works for you, the Social Media Rockstar Framework is a mini course that walks you through the different elements you need to consider. And I love my own perspective on this because I'm not a huge fan of being on social media all the time. That's why I actually love it because I'm not on all the time. Um, And I have a meditation that can guide you through um, deciding, you know, what your boundaries are around social media. And then from there, we help you build out the strategy, the messaging, the different types of posts, how to build a community and all of that good stuff inside of the course. It's at onlinedrea.com slash free. Um, So it's free to sign up and you get lifetime access. Yeah, I checked it out before and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing for free. (laughs) Like I will sign up for it after we're done here. Um, And I just thought it was so valuable. It just goes to show how, you know, you are in that serve mentality because I think that freebie, you know, being so valuable um, before even asking for a sale is just like the nicest thing that you could do. So um, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes too, if anybody wants to sign up. Yes, please do. And it, it honestly, it's my way to give a sample of what my programs are like because I do find it's hard to describe. I don't know if you run into this as well, like the, the actual like content and the membership and the delivery. So for me, it's like, you know what? Here's just, it's like a little Costco size sample of what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's so great. Well, thanks again for coming on. This was fantastic. I will make sure I have all your links in the show notes for everyone and definitely make sure that you go and follow her for more social media advice. I know that you are just full of it. So thank you so much again for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review 
share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.